is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 89 for Monday, the 1st of October 2012, which puts us 14 days away from the season three premiere. That's two weeks. It really is. It's two weeks. Can you believe all this time has gone by since season two ended? We've had a summer. We've had all kinds of stuff happen. And now here we are two weeks away from the premiere. It felt like it would never come. Both yes and no. I believe it and I don't believe it. (laughs) Do not believe that, sir. <laughs> so, yeah, two weeks. It's very, very exciting. It's going to fly by, I think. We have to get through Canadian Thanksgiving first. Oh, God, yeah. That'll be next weekend. So I guess I'll just throw it out there right now that we probably won't have a podcast next weekend because we will be too busy eating turkey, giving thanks, and... Sleeping off the trip to Fan High. That's exactly right. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to be out of town, but then come back for uh, the Monday, which is the holiday, and then have another turkey dinner and it's going to be great cool i'm going to be in town and i'm going to eat turkey the whole weekend turkey sandwiches turkey turkey stew yeah turkey soup turkey 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 on a plate turkey 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 with gravy there you go turkey with mashed potatoes do you like the brussels sprouts a lot of people make brussels sprouts i we don't normally for thanksgiving but i do like the uh, the sprouts of brussels okay i do too strangely and not a lot of people do well it's just a butter delivery system really (laughs) You put enough butter on anything and it tastes good. And it's delicious. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Well, there you go. So it's going to be Thanksgiving next week. We probably won't do a podcast because of that. After that, however, uh, on the Thursday, the 11th of next week, we will be making our trip down to New York City for New York Comic Con. Mm -hmm. And that, of course, is premiere weekend. So we should be having lots of content for you all then. That'd be great. It's going to be fantastic. Fun, fun, fun. Before we get into our program for today, though, I need to wish you one, uh, two two holidays. Two holidays. There are two observances today, and today? they're related. They're related. So huh. I thought I'd throw them both on here. The first one is World Habitat Day. Oh. Um, and the second one is International Day of Older Persons. International Day of Older Persons. And the reason they're related is because they're both UN-sanctioned observances. Oh, okay. So World Habitat Day, which yep. you can find out more at about at unhabitat.org. The United Nations has designated the first Monday of October every year as World Habitat Day. The idea is to reflect on the state of our towns and cities and the basic right of all to adequate shelter. It is also intended to remind the world of its collective responsibility for the future of the human habitat. Hmm. Well, happy World Habitat Day. Thank you. International Day of Older Persons, as you might uh, guess, is a celebration of older people internationally on, on the planet. Uh, UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon said longevity is a public health achievement, not a social or economic liability. On this International Day of Older Persons, let us pledge to ensure the well-being of older persons and to enlist their meaningful participation in society so we can all benefit from their knowledge and ability. It is. It's a, it is an achievement in health. Care. He's saying don't discriminate against older people well, because yes. they're helpful and useful. Don't look at it as a liability, as somebody you have to support now that they're older. And people are living well beyond the uh, the ten years after uh, retirement that uh, that we, they were expecting in the thirties. Now it's you know twenty twenty five years after retirement that people uh, the life expectancy of us human beings in North America. 
so it's not a liability. It's an achievement. Absolutely. I agree with that. I certainly hope and intend to live well beyond retirement, maybe 40 or 50 years if I can. I actually uh, do not intend on dying at all. Oh, you don't? I, pl- I plan on living long enough to achieve, uh, to, to get to singularity, singularity, which is where we can actually download our consciousness into a computer of some kind and then live forever. It is the complete separation of body and consciousness. In, in that, you can transplant your consciousness into some other vessel. That's correct. And then live forever. Sounds good to me. Yeah. I, well, I, you know, it, wouldn't, it won't be me. I think we've had this conversation before. Where well, it'll be you. It just won't look like you. No, it'll, it won't be my particular consciousness. It'll be, I feel like it'll be a copy of my consciousness. So my, you know, self-preservation uh, sense will kind of have a problem with it. But then again, you know, really the cells in the human body rep- completely replicate themselves, replace themselves every seven years or so. So I'm really not the same person I was when I was born. So Every single cell replaces itself every seven years? I think a lot of them do. I don't think every single one of them. Don't certain cells not have the ability to regenerate? Well, none do. I mean, you cut off an arm, you're not going to grow it back. Well, I know that, but brain cells can regenerate. If you lose brain cells, I don't know, Sneezing, heavy, drinking, heavy night of drinking or something like gas. that, they regenerate, don't they? Or do they just rearrange themselves and some new ones start doing what the old ones were doing? Yeah, we, we've gone down a path where I really have no idea. Remember that time we had an idea to do a podcast about stuff we know nothing about? Yeah. We may have just started it. Yeah, I think we should. We should talk about <laughs> huffing gas, too, because... <laughs> that you know something about. Uh, no, I've never done it, but uh, it's not good. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> That's enough. That's enough right there. It's yeah. not good. Uh, okay, well, let's um, let's remind people of the Facebook contest. As of right now, you have two weeks left to enter. Two weeks? Oh, my God, we're getting down to the deadline. The deadline is premiere night, and we're going to say the, um, the moment the, the episode starts at 9 p.m. on Sunday the 14th, Eastern Time. Um, it'll still be Eastern Daylight Time then, right? Yeah, I the clocks know. don't change it's it. It's not it'll daylight be, time now? Easy, it's No, it I is daylight know. time. It is? Oh, it okay. is. See, I never know. Eastern Daylight Time, 9 p.m., uh, Sunday, October 14th. That's when The Walking Dead Season 3 starts. That is the deadline. So go to our Facebook page, post your favorite way to kill a zombie, or send that in by email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. And you will be entered into the contest to win a fancy Walking Dead courier bag full of some other good stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and as I mentioned, we're going to New York Comic Con, so don't forget to look out for us there. You know, I said last week that we weren't going to do a meetup, and, and we're not. But I did have somebody go on our Facebook page and say, oh, that's too bad. I was looking forward to meeting you guys because I'm not going to the convention, but I would have come out to a thing if you had it, some sort of meetup. So... It is tempting, but I don't know that I have the ability to organize such a thing in a foreign city. Well, I need an intern is what I need. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know where anything is, really. Yeah. I mean, there was a diner on the corner of the street where uh, the last time it was around the corner from the hotel I stayed at last time. <laughs> well, let's just go there. And, yeah, exactly. So that's about <laughs> as much information as I have. Because uh, I don't really know New York or Manhattan very, all that well. So it's just like, you know, the hotel was kind of here, was sort of south of the park. And then uh, off to the left, there was this diner that we went to breakfast and it was really nice. Well, that's that's good. <laughs> Let's just go there then. Perfect. All Meet right. us there. <laughs> At some point, because I don't know if we can schedule it either. Yeah. So it's it's the location issue and it's the timing time issue. And it's the lack of knowledge of Manhattan issue. So let's just go with, if you see us walking around, yeah. say hi. It's, you know, you know, Manhattan's not that big. Probably just run into us. 
Yeah, uh, probably. Same joke we made last week. Right? I know. Okay. <laughs> if you if you run into us, say hi. Yeah. You might get a postcard or something. Good times. We'll be wearing matching shirts and hats. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do the hats? No, there's, I was just that was also a joke. <laughs> all right. Well, all joking aside, let's uh, let's do this. The Walking Dead News. Okay, this week in The Walking Dead News, we are going to get a bit spoilery here because we're getting close to the season now. Information is coming out. They're releasing summaries, episode titles, all that kind of stuff. I've been browsing SpoilerTV.com, looking for things, and I have found them. Mm-hmm. So just so you know, this this you know edition of the news is going to be a little bit spoilery. Um so uh, if you don't like that, if you don't want to hear episode titles or descriptions, you may want to move on to the second half of this program. Right. So, spoiler. <clears throat> with that said, we already know that the first episode is called Seed, the second is called Sick, and the third is called Walk With Me. Mm-hmm. But here's the description for Seed as released by AMC. Seed 301. With the world growing increasingly more dangerous and Lori's pregnancy advancing, Rick discovers a potentially safe haven. Nice. But first, he must secure the premises, pushing his group to its limit. Oh. So, if you've been following along, you know that he's discovered the prison, and they have to clear the zombies out of it before they can move in. Now, is this, does this mean the prison? <clears throat> yes. I'm going to say right now, definitively, this means that, the prison. That's, you, you think that that's what that means? It's not going to be a, a different, potentially safe haven that would be just a kind of a short respite before they have to push on and find the... Uh, uh, the prison. So, like another set of broken down building ruins in the forest somewhere that they can move to that has I don't know cucumbers uh, growing in it. So other than eat. the one they're in, because it looks like they're in some kind of ruin. That's what I mean. They're already in one, so maybe they're going to go to another one that is safer before yeah. they go to the prison. I think it's going to be like Weathertop in Lord of the Rings. What's that? You remember when they uh, when they first left the Shire and they went to that uh, broken down tower and uh, Frodo fell asleep and he woke up to everybody frying bacon. No, but I'll take your word and for it. And then the ring race came and stabbed Frodo? I do remember them, but I, I don't really remember where they were. They were on Weathertop. Okay. <laughs> it's a safe haven of some sort? It, it seemed like a safe haven at the time until uh, Samwise Gamgee decided to make some bacon and you know lit a fire and called the ring race. Dumbass. <laughs> so the first episode is directed by Ernest Dickerson. He is a well-known to Walking Dead. He's done lots of episodes. He did the season two finale, too. Right. And it's written by Glenn Mazzara, uh, who's, showrunner who's Glenn again? Mazzara. Yeah. Glenn who? <laughs> You've heard of him. I have? Showrunner Glenn yeah. Mazzara. He's the credited writer, so uh, there you go. Cool. Episode two is called Sick. Sick. The description is, after a traumatic event, a life hangs in the balance. Complicating matters, the group must also deal with a potential threat to their new surroundings. Right. So, a traumatic event and a life hanging in the balance. So the ring rays show up and stab somebody, and uh, they have to save them. Yes, that's oh, I'm getting confused with another, uh, another show here. Obviously what that <laughs> means. Um, somebody gets hurt yep. or trapped, I'm going to say. Life if, hangs in the balance. If someone's trapped behind you know, zombies, that, yep. their life would be in danger. Yeah, that's true. If they're just hurt, then clearly that's uh, you know, bad. Um, a traumatic event, though, what could that be? I don't, I don't know. Somebody's leg gets run over by a steamroller? That would be really traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that a steamroller will be made available, but you never know. I'm going with, uh, 
I think some. I think we're going to lose the baby in the second episode. You that think so? Fast. I think they're going to do it that quick. They're going to tease us by having Lori lose the baby, maybe make it look like she's not going to survive because everyone thinks she's not going to survive. Then she will, and she'll be killed off later in the season. Okay. I disagree, but let's go with that. Do you have a better theory? None. <laughs> All right, so we'll see. And, of course, a potential new threat to their surroundings. Well, it sounds like it's not going to take very long for Mr. Governor to come driving up and say, uh, I well, want this prison. It doesn't say a new potential threat. It just says a potential threat to their new surroundings. So that's probably zombies. I don't know, man. I think they've cleared the zombies by now. They've moved in. On the planet? No. Oh, so you're still thinking it's the prison. Yeah, See, yeah. I'm not thinking it's the prison. Well. <laughs> See, that's the thing. All right. <laughs> uh, if you follow my logic, I'm pretty sure they're moving quickly to have the governor meet them, meet, meet up at the prison there. Right. This one's directed by Billy Gearhart. I think he's done episodes before. And written by Nicole Beattie. Hmm. There you go. I wonder if it's Warren Beattie's relation. I don't know. Is that how you spell it? I believe so. There you go. Maybe it is. So, episode three, four, five, six, and seven have titles. And uh, here they are. Number three, Walk With Me. Mm-hmm. Number four, Killer Within. Oh. Number five, Say the Word. Number six, Hounded. Hounded. And number seven, When the Dead Come Knocking. Hounded. That one's the most intriguing to me. Well, why? Because when you're hounded, that means you're on the run, right? You're being chased by bloodhounds, really, and uh, you don't get a chance to rest. You just keep getting uh, pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed beyond your ability to uh, endure. So I'm wondering how that fits into the two locations we know about in Season 3. Is it necessarily that they're on the run? Because you can be hounded by bad thoughts for example i mean you can be you could i'm thinking of literally i mean it is yeah. potentially you know it could be uh lori hounding rick to plant a garden for the baby too right <laughs> rick rick this baby needs to eat we need a garden rick you know <laughs> i would consider that hounding as well it, it would be they might want to call it nagging though if that was the case <laughs> but hounding uh yeah i i don't know i mean on the run I think they're not going to be moving on too quickly. So well, maybe somebody's we'll on the run. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe somebody went out to get something, and uh, now they're being hounded, and it's it's tough going. Merle Dixon is constantly hounding T-Dog to give him back his hand. <laughs> Where's my hand? Come on, man. Sew it back on. Um, on IMDb, we have one new character listed for episode number seven. The character is Hermit. <laughs> Hermit. And the actor is named Alex Van. Mm. Now, Alex Van has done a bunch of acting, so this could be another new uh, character that will have some lines and maybe a recurring in a recurring nature. I recognize him. Do you? But I'm trying to figure out from where, because I don't from his known for list. Well, I mean, he was in the movie The Crazies. I don't know if you've seen that. I Not all of it. I watched the beginning of it. Okay. Uh, American Gothic, the TV series. Mm. That's old from the 90s, though. Nope. Uh, but this is what I mean. The guy's been acting since the '80s, the late '80s. Done a fair bit of uh, fair bit of stuff. RoboCop three. Do you remember RoboCop three? Not really. <laughs> Neither do I. Um, and Matlock. There he is. One one episode of Matlock. I'm familiar with the concept <laughs> of Matlock. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so he's been around a while. Done a fair bit of TV and lesser known movies. And you do he does sort of look familiar, doesn't he? When you look at that picture. Yeah, there's something. So apparently he plays a hermit. In episode 307, I do not know if that is a name or a description of his character. 
It might be both. It might be both. Could go either way, really. Um, so there you go. Those are that is the details that all the information we have for episode uh, episodes one through seven He's of got season pretty three. Eyes. He has very blue eyes, doesn't he? Yeah. They might be contacts. Either way, they look good. Well, I mean, you can't do that. As soon as you wear the contacts like that, you're stuck. That's it. Because your headshot's got them, right? And you got these piercing blue eyes. You now have to wear these for the rest of your life in every gig that you ever have. That's the uh, that's why being an actor is so hard. Because you got to live up to your headshot picture on IMDb. Right. <laughs> okay, so the last thing about these episodes is that there are nearly 50 um, promo images released. You can go over... I saw most of them at bloodydisgusting.com. Some of them are... Um, right out of the show, some are behind the scenes type stuff. There's lots of really interesting stuff there of the filming and and scenes. So if you want to check out a bunch of behind the scenes and promo photos, I'll have a link in our show notes. Next item in the news, it was announced earlier this week that AMC will live stream The Walking Dead Season 3 premiere for Dish customers. Wow. As we all know, Dish dropped AMC. There's a big... uh, Kerfuffle? Kerfuffle kerfuffle over it that's right and amc has been turning this into a marketing opportunity for them by doing all sorts of stuff to make sure that the public is aware that dish customers should drop dish and move to another cable provider teach them that will teach them so they are streaming season three uh episode one exclusively for dish customers you have to go and sign up to get access to the stream. And they're doing it live while the show is actually premiering on their network. That is an important point. It's going to happen at exactly the same time. It's not going to happen later. It's going to happen right at 9 p.m. on the 14th. So that is very cool. You Beginning on Friday, September the 28th, which was last Friday at 9 a.m., Dish subscribers can register for access to the free stream at amctv.com slash thewalkingdead4dish. That's the number four. <laughs> Um, and AMC had this to say, to gain leverage in an unrelated lawsuit, Dish has decided to deny their customers access to AMC shows, including The Walking Dead, the series that has shattered basic cable ratings. Although The Walking Dead is the number one basic cable scripted drama for Dish customers, Dish has stated it has no plans to bring back AMC. Dish customers who want to watch the entire season at the same time as the rest of the country should switch television providers now. Time is running out. Awesome. <laughs> they really are milking this for everything they can. Yep. You know, with that stunt they pulled in New York and uh, and this kind of thing and all the websites they've put up and the advertising that's all over the AMC site, they're really, really trying to, I don't know, I mean, I guess probably legitimately convince people to leave Dish, but also just boost their marketing numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Any chance you time. can... You can uh, any, any chance you can take advantage of something like this to get free advertising? Uh, why not, I suppose? Why not? Um, okay. So the um, first two episodes of season three, continuing along the theme here, have screened for certain members of the press. Hercules from com. that's he is their uh, TV reporter over there, has seen them, and he had a few things to say over on that site the first was the first quote I pulled is the next two episodes are a mammoth improvement over the last six. Really, and that's saying something because most it, people thought that the last six of season two were a mammoth improvement over the first six. Yeah, of I season would two. I would say the uh, the last few episodes were very very strong, and if these are even stronger, 
that's uh, that's great news. Could be in for something very special. Mm-hmm. He also said, were new writers hired over the hiatus? Did AMC approve a bigger budget? Because suddenly all the dialogue telling us what we already know about everyone's feelings is gone. <laughs> so there was a lot of that in season two. Yeah. But I guess we don't really need that anymore. We know how these people feel. We know what their problems are. Now they're moving on and dealing with them, I suppose. Yep. He said, all the storyline is moving a lot faster. There are some major plot turns in the next two episodes, and there's plenty of zombie mayhem. Cool. So it sounds like everyone's going to get what they want. I, I, I mean, if that's what you want. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you want that, you're going to get you're what gonna you get want. <laughs> 80% of the time works every time. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and he finally revealed that we get an all-new title sequence without Frank Darabont's really? executive producer credit. So I, I don't know if that means that Frank Darabont's name is gone altogether or if he's still there as show creator, but he's no longer executive producer. I don't know. But I was just curious that they would do an all-new title sequence. Now, is it an all-new opening or is it just the credits that they've changed? Uh, I think it's – well, I took that to mean it's an all-new opening. What do you mean just the credits? Well, a title sequence is just, uh, you know, which uh, which – names and titles go oh. uh, go after who. So maybe they just removed a few names and added a few names, and away you go. I don't know if the opening has changed. So maybe it's the same, but that one screen that showed Frank Darabont's name is modified to no longer show it. Yeah. I don't know. We'll find out. We will find out. Two I took weeks. It in two weeks. I took it to mean that they've redone the opening title sequence. Yeah, I don't quite know. think it means that. It, they may have revamped it a little bit, like maybe changed some of the images and stuff. I think the feeling is going to be the same, but uh, I, don't think, uh, I don't think it'll be a drastic change. Right, okay. Maybe like they do on Fringe once in a while. They do a different opening title sequence that kind of relates to the content of that episode. Right. That's fun. I liked that. Yeah. When they did like the 80s video game one, that was fun yeah. when they were back in time. Who knows? I, for one, actually would welcome a new title sequence because I've never really thought the opening credits for The Walking Dead were that strong. The music is very strong. Bear McCreary's done a fine job. Yep. But the images and just the way it runs together never really did it for me. To be honest with you, I always thought that that one that the fan did before season one was better than what we got in, well, yes. in the show. Absolutely. I mean, it didn't, doesn't really fit the show. It more fits the comic book. True. But uh, it is a very, very good opening sequence. Yeah. If, uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, there was a fan-made opening credit sequence back before season one started where he took images from the comic book, animated them to a certain extent, um, applied a lot of Ken Burns, and then and uh, put it to some really cool music. So yeah. it, it worked really well. You can go check that out on YouTube, probably. You should. Um, so, yeah, I'm all for a new new uh, title sequence. We will see. We'll see what happens. Um, season three, Season Pass, is now available on iTunes. Hooray! You, you can pre-purchase that. They currently have four free previews, which are called the cast on the set of Season 3, the cast on Season 3. Oh, that's <laughs> I don't interviews, know. I guess. Don't know how that's different, I guess. It, yeah, the first one is discussing, you know, they're actually on the set and they're just talking about, hey, we're doing this and we're doing that, and over there is some stuff, and then the craft service is over there, that's where I ate my sandwich. Right. And, you know, cast on Season 3 is probably a panel of some kind. Or, or interviews about the storyline for Season 3. Right. Yeah. They also have a visual effects um, uh, special, 
and a zombie studio tour with Greg Nicotero. Right. I have seen some of these, not all of them. I think most of them are available other in other locations on the internet, probably the AMC site. But hey, if you want to go to iTunes and grab them there, you mm-hmm. can download them all for free right now. Right now. So let's talk about pricing for a few minutes. Okay. As it stands, uh, the HD version of season three for the full season is forty eight ninety nine. How many episodes are sixteen? Sixteen. The standard def is thirty four ninety nine. These are the Canadian prices, by the way. Yeah. Uh, because that's the store I was looking at. I did not look at the American store. I apologize. But that's thirty four ninety nine for standard def. That works out to $3.06 per episode in HD. Right. For comparison, I looked at season two, and HD is $39.99. Standard def is $27.99, and that works out to $3.07 per episode in HD. Oh, it's cheaper now. It's uh, No, it, uh, it's cheaper by one cent now, yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. So you saved 16 cents. <laughs> That's right. 16 <laughs> whole cents. I did that math in my head. There you go. Um yeah, so I forty eight ninety nine sounded really, really expensive to me. I don't oh, know why. He, uh, it's hard. It's hard to judge. Fifty bucks um, is how much were, were the Blu rays? I don't know. You bought them. I, you didn't buy the Blu rays. I bought the DVDs. Oh, I bought the DVDs too. Oh, okay, so the DVD pack was wasn't it forty nine or thirty thirty nine? I think. Crap! I can't remember now. I don't think it was $50, though, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, okay. So, HD, 50 bucks. In the grand scheme of things, it's not that expensive for, like, it's it's not cheap, but it's not that expensive for an entire season of a show in HD. And as far as iTunes content goes for premier content, this is not, it's, it's not above 50 bucks. Like you could, uh, I think Fringe was fifty six dollars. Really? Yeah, and other shows like uh, Big Bang Theory is over fifty bucks. Now Fringe is a like a twenty two twenty four episode season. So is Big Bang Theory. Yeah. This is sixteen. Yes, I don't know what it works out to. I think uh, it's like three forty nine is the average price. If you buy an individual episode, it's three forty nine. Okay. Kind of thing. That's the price point they're looking for is three fifty. Just for the record, Walking Dead season two on Amazon.ca is forty seven ninety three right now. Apparently the list price is seventy bucks. Right. I did not pay seventy dollars for that. Right. So forty eight ninety nine in the grand scheme of things in you know, in it's what the bar- market will bear. Sure. In in any any case. And you're getting into HD and you're getting it the, the morning after it airs, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Really. It's a, it, you can you're gonna pay a premium for that for sure. If you can wait nine months <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> well not you. <laughs> but if one could wait nine months, you probably could get it for uh, for cheaper somewhere else. Probably. I just feel like that to me felt more expensive than other stuff I've historically bought on iTunes. I don't know why. And well, I've bought a lot on iTunes. Well, if you buy the, you don't buy the premier content. You say if you are flipping through iTunes and you see something's fifty six dollars, generally you're not going to buy that, right? Well, I might. There's I buy lots of shows on iTunes. Right. Like if I watch the show, I will buy it. Okay. So what are the other shows that you bought this season, and what did they cost? Well, I don't know, but I've bought Castle this season. I bought uh, How I Met Your Mother. You know, those are probably fifty bucks. I don't think so. I don't think Castle was fifty dollars. Um, but I'm launching the old iTunes here, and we're going to have ourselves a little look, looky loo. We're going to have a looky loo. Well, while you're doing that, uh, I went to Amazon.com to take a look too. Of course, we don't have Amazon Instant Video in Canada, but I went to the U.S. site. 
They don't have season three pricing posted, but for but season two is two ninety nine per episode in HD. So you're saving money there, or thirty four ninety nine for the whole season in HD. Season two. That's pretty good. But it's twelve episodes, so season three will be closer, uh, closer to the iTunes price. But it still looks to be you know a little bit cheaper on Amazon Instant Video, a service I have never used because we can't do it up here in nope, Canada. We can't. Uh, anyways, I just thought I'd bring that up. Um, I certainly will be buying it because I can't not. Well, yeah, it's you gotta buy it. It's part of the gig here, so uh, that'll be that. Fifty bucks in iTunes uh, Canada. It, it, this is uh, we might as well move on because my computer is very slow and it's going to take about ten or fifteen minutes for iTunes to actually launch. Ten or fifteen. Minutes, oh, this man. thing! Don't even get me started on this computer. Every time I open a Word document or an Excel document, I have to go through <laughs> the Microsoft Office 2010 install process. Every time that that doesn't sound right at all. No, this thing, this this laptop right now is a mess. <laughs> time for a new one, man. Well, I have a new one at home that I've had for just over a year, and I've been uh, I've been given the second laptop to transfer all my stuff so that I could stop using this one. Castle Season Five on iTunes is thirty nine ninety nine. That's pretty good. Forty bucks. I, iTunes uh, high def. High def. The standard def is. Uh, Thirty four ninety nine. It's it only a five dollar difference for HD. Doesn't to say standard. how many episodes though. No, but it'll be twenty twenty two something Maybe. like that. Maybe it is. It's a full. It's a full like major network. It was last year. Who knows what's going to happen this year? Well, we no. don't have a castle podcast. We don't follow the details. <laughs> no, I suppose not. The talking castle. <laughs> the uh, there's got to be a better name than that. <laughs> uh, anyways, it. It's more expensive for less episodes. That's all I'm saying. Well, they're both Canadian. <clears throat> both Castle and What's-Her-Name, they're both Canadian. <laughs> so you pay less for that? Yeah. Nathan Fillion and Stana, what's-her-face? Katik? Yeah. They're, yeah, they're <clears throat> both Canadian, so uh, that's got to bring down we're the price, che- right? We're, we're cheaper. We're cheaper up here in yeah. Canada. Well, look up How I Met Your Mother. Oh, my God, man. I we can't... just got to uh, check a comparison here. <laughs> how I Met Your Mother, this is riveting, I'm sure. Let's check prices. Uh, season three, that's not the right season. Um, season eight, that sounds like it. Uh, in HD, fifty four ninety nine. Look at you. Yeah. So that's a that's lot. That's premier content. Why that's, is Castle so cheap? I, that's why I'm wondering. It shouldn't be that cheap. There should be... Uh, Must be a mistake. Go buy Castle right now, people, before <laughs> they raise the price. Yeah, no kidding. Um, let's move on. Moving on. Speak. Uh, okay, Netflix. The Walking Dead season two is now streaming on Netflix in Canada, in and the U.S. Cool. Uh, I, I well, <laughs> I didn't actually check the U.S. site, but if it's streaming in the Canadian site, it's streaming in the U.S. site. The news I read about this was from an American site, so I'm sure it is. But it gives you two weeks to catch up on season two or rewatch if you have no other way. Um, uh, so go ahead and do that. If you haven't seen it yet, you're probably not listening to this podcast. However, you can go watch it on Netflix right now. Wikipedia is listing Castle episodes for season five. The number of episodes is not applicable. Well, they don't know yet. It's, <laughs> it's been renewed for a whole season. Yes, so. okay. So it's been, the first season was 10, and then it's 24, 24, 23. So, yeah, probably around twenty, but you know, with that kind of price point, I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if there was they're expecting twelve episodes. Well, I don't 14. know. May, maybe for some reason they haven't ordered a full season of that show. I don't know. I'm not really sure. Um, I like that show. 
it's a good season, show. season premiere had some issues, but that's a different podcast. Yeah, maybe there, maybe everybody, everybody's jumping ship. Could be. Well, yeah. If you remember what happened at the end of last season, I wouldn't be surprised. To be honest, I with don't you. remember what happened. Okay, you'll remember this though. Stephen <laughs> Yun was interviewed on Today.com's The Clicker site. I guess that's their TV blog, nice TV news site. He was asked about the prison, and he had this to say: "It's claustrophobic." Last year, we were really happy with the fact that the outdoors at the farm was really another character that helped us do these uh, themes because we were miserable. We looked miserable, but in a good way. This season, <laughs> this season, we were thinking, oh man, once we go on stages, we're going to really have to act out certain things. But man, they did a great job, and the prison is just as terrible as outside. <laughs> so what he's saying is when they were filming outside, it was hot. They were getting bitten by ticks, and they really were, they didn't have to act miserable because they were. Right, and in a good way. Yeah, and <laughs> now he's like, well, we're going to be inside, it'll be air-conditioned, you know, everything will be great, and we're going to have to really act miserable, but it sounds like they still don't have to act. No, because they know that if they put you under miserable conditions, you're going to be miserable and you don't have to act. So why would they give you, you know, awesome conditions where you're perfectly comfortable and then you have to act like you're miserable? It's like, no, shut down the air, man. We're inside a closed, hot uh, building with uh, no hardly any windows, none of which can open, and there's no air conditioning. It's going to be bad. Do you think that makes it harder or easier on the actors, or it has no effect? Uh, I, n- none of those. D, none of the above. Uh, I don't think it's easier. Uh, I think it's bad on the actors, but I don't think they care. No, they're just there to do their job? Well, the, they're there to get what they need out of the actors, and the actors, to get what they need out of the actors, they got to put them in miserable conditions. And they've learned that it works. And yeah. they learned that the actors love it because they don't have to act. Well, that's what I mean. Like, if they're if they really are in sweltering heat and they got to act miserable, and they are... You know, if they were trying to do that in nice room temperature, 21 degrees uh, Celsius, I don't know. Do you think it's any different? I I don't think so. I don't know. I have no idea. (laughs) Actors, call in, let us know. Um, Okay, moving right along. AMC has announced a contest to win a trip to the set during season four. Nice. So from amctv.com, just because the walkers are mindless flesh eaters doesn't mean you have to be so inconsiderate. AMC and The Walking Dead are joining forces with the American Red Cross for a nationwide blood drive that, aside from being a great way to show your humanity, also might win you a three-day, two-night trip to The Walking Dead set for season four. Use your brains. Give blood. So there's uh, is that just a, a guarantee that there's going to be a season four, or is it a, if there is a season four, you can go? Well, here's the deal. Many people believe that AMC kind of accidentally or casually revealed that season four is a confirmed thing, a sure thing right now. Um, but a day or two later, AMC released the following statement. The Walking Dead has not been renewed for a fourth season. There was no inadvertent pickup of the series. Season three premieres October 14th. Promotional sweepstakes giveaways, which involve prospective future season visits or opportunities, are common practice in television. The sweepstakes rules clearly state AMC may award a substitute prize if the future season opportunity is not available. Right. So, for example, I've been invited up to my mother's house for Christmas, which is nice and all well and good, and I'm planning on going. But there's no guarantee that the house is going to be there when I get there. Uh, No, I guess not. I mean, you hope it is. (laughs) I sure hope it is, but uh, yeah, it's not a guarantee. So season four has not officially been confirmed. Now, if you recall, 
I believe AMC officially confirmed season three after the premiere of season two. Didn't during, they do the same thing week. with season two? I think they did that after the pilot, too. Right. They said, yep, there's going to be season two. <laughs> so if they follow suit, we will know for sure about season four on you know the 15th or the 16th of October after season three has begun. Right. So they'll get the green light halfway through the uh, the premiere. Yeah, probably. Yep, if they don't, good. if they don't have it right now, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they probably have a tentative one. You know, I'm sure that if they announce the season, if it's going to continue, they've got to iron out contracts and all that kind of stuff, and they're probably contractually obligated not to announce until after the the premiere. Probably, it's probably just standard practice sort of thing. Yeah. You know, if if nobody watches the premiere, then they'll be like, you know, maybe we'll reconsider. You know, is there is there a danger really that if they announce now that there's going to be a season four that Nobody will watch season three. She's like, ah, there's going to be a season four. I don't have to watch it. Can catch up on it later sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, just catch up on it next year. It's I, no big deal. I, I don't think that's a danger. No, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's totally. <laughs> but if you want to enter this contest, head over to amcgiveblood.com before 11.59 Eastern Time on Monday, October the 22nd, and uh, register there. And uh, maybe you can go to season four. That'd be cool. I don't know if it's... I, I, I think it's open to Canadians, so if you want to give some blood and get to season four, you should do it. That'll be on the aircraft carrier, right? Uh, yes, exactly. That will yeah. be the aircraft carrier season. Right. <laughs> um, okay. We're going to finally move away from specific news about you know season three and the Here's show. Some general news. Here's some more general news about The Walking Dead. Robert Kirkman and Tony Moore have settled their lawsuit. Finally. Doesn't this make you feel good? It does. It makes you happy. Yeah. These these old childhood friends were fighting a battle in court over royalties, and everything is fine now. Good. Well, presumably. <laughs> well, they've uh, come to some kind of agreement, I, I assume. <clears throat> From newsbriefs.eu.com, in a joint statement released today, Kirkman and Moore announced that they have reached an amicable agreement in their respective lawsuits, and all parties have settled the entire matter to everyone's mutual satisfaction. Neither side will be discussing any details, but will instead happily and productively spend their time focused on their own work and move on in their lives. Nice. So uh, there's not much to say about that other than good for them. Yep. I'm glad they're no longer fighting a court battle. Yep. And hopefully Tony Moore got what he wanted or... uh, I don't think anybody gets what they want in this situation. Well, hopefully both of them really do are happy with the outcome. No, yeah. nobody's happy with an outcome. Of nobody's happy. No, not when the, you go to you get down and dirty in the lawsuits. And this they didn't kind of go thing. to trial though. They settled. No, but obviously. it's still like you depositions, and it's still arguments, and, and there's animosity, and it's a, you know it's an adversarial system. So that just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And uh, I don't know. It, it's like a, a set of uh, programming standards. It's, standards aren't standards unless they make everybody unhappy a little bit. <laughs> okay. Well. Hopefully they're just happy that it's over with. Yeah, that I can I can get on board with. That is probably they're probably likely. going like, oh my god, finally it's over. Finally. I feel that way. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we don't have to report on it anymore. <laughs> no, it's not <laughs> not selfish. Just just like I feel better that you know I don't like adversarial systems. I don't like uh, direct confrontation. You know, this kind of thing just makes me antsy. Mm-hmm. You know, having to you know th- the thought of having to. Uh, take a, an old friend to court for something or other just would not make me happy. I don't think I could do it. And it would, and if uh, say for some reason you took me to court for royalties on this podcast, 
which is ridiculous. But <laughs> uh, you know, if it ever happened, it would I would feel very very bad, and I would be very glad when it's over because then we would not be arguing anymore, and we could get on with doing our stuff we know nothing about podcast. That's right. <laughs> well, there you go. The lawsuit's done. If you and... took me to court, though, I'd never work with you again. Okay, I couldn't do it. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair just, enough. Just saying. Uh, I'd find somebody else. <laughs> no, that's... That I, hurts. Let's just not go to court. How about that? <laughs> Done. Okay. The Walking Dead, The Road to Woodbury. This is the next novel that's coming out on the 16th of October. Mm-hmm. Preview copies will be available at New York Comic Con if you happen to be there. But We're going to be there. A little bit more information was released about it. Uh, this comes from Entertainment Weekly. In the story... Um, a struggling survivor named Lily Call, who you will remember from the comics, stumbles upon a fortress of a town called Woodbury, Georgia. It's a town being run by a man called Philip Blake. Only Blake has recently begun to oh, only Blake has recently begun to call himself something else entirely. The governor. Tensions rise when Lily tries. Uh, really take. Oh man, tensions rise when Lily takes on the man in charge. Interesting, I thought. It oh, sounds good. like this story isn't going to be from the perspective of the governor. So it's he's going not be... going to be on the road to Woodbury. It's going to be somebody else that's on the road to Woodbury. Lily is on the road to Woodbury. Oh, that makes who, sense. Who knows how much pre-Woodbury we get? Probably not much. She probably arrives there pretty early in the book. <laughs> then I have a problem with the name again. Yeah, I know. The name <laughs> The name still doesn't work, but... I, interesting that it's not from his perspective. For some reason, I always assumed we were just going to continue his perspective on the story. Okay, so maybe the uh, the novel is not about the journey to Woodbury, like the road to Woodbury doesn't mean that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they, maybe it's an actual story about the strip of pavement outside of Woodbury. <laughs> the road right? that it's to about Woodbury. that road. To Woodbury. <laughs> That's a very little literal interpretation. Of right. The title. We've always been assuming some kind of non-literal explanation. Some sort of journey. Yeah. This road to Woodbury, we've got to defend it. We've got problems. There's zombies. There's other people. You know, it's about this road. Maybe it's like the Road Warrior, where they have like gas crises and they have to drive transports, and that could be uh, that could be cool. <laughs> I think so. Because the Road Warrior was cool. It was cool. I'm just happy that we get a different character's perspective. Yeah, that, that makes And I more think sense. that is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, it's, there is an audio sample from the audiobook Sweet. over on the Entertainment Weekly site. And for anyone that's wondering, it is the same reader as the first book, Mr. Fred Berman. Cool. Um, I listened to the sample. You did? Yes, I did. And I remember the first book well. Mm-hmm. I remember what I liked and disliked about it, especially... Um, about the reader, yep. and it's obvious it's, that it's the same guy, but the sample they posted on the site, uh, it felt a little better to me, felt a little bit better. Um, his reading was a little smoother, and obviously it's only a short sample, right. but it didn't feel to be as gratuitous with the descriptive uh, text as before. Right. I sort of felt like they padded that into the first book to make it longer, but we'll <laughs> see. we'll see when the whole thing comes out here. But the sample they released is a good, good, in, uh, good sample. So I hope that's a good indicator. Good, good, good. Um, Robert Kirkman was recently at Morrison Con. I don't know what Morrison Con is. It seems to be a an, a, an event surrounded by um, or surrounding a single person in the comic industry. But he was part of the panel, 
And a lot of interesting information came out of this panel um, from people asking Mr. Kirpin questions. Morrison Kahn looked at him. Asked about how much optimism he sees in The Walking Dead. And from the article, none of it. He immediately replied, but then corrected himself. I think that the Walking Dead comic does lean toward being unrelentingly depressing. (laughs) Still... Leaning towards. Yeah. Still, he acknowledged within that framework he tries to accentuate moments of hope. It really is, in its essence, going to be a story of humanity surviving and rebuilding civilization. Hmm. Which I think is interesting. I don't know that he's ever really said that before. He's always said that The Walking Dead is an ongoing story of zombie horror and survival, and it's the Walking Dead movie that never ends. Right. Because he doesn't like the fact that movies end. So he decided to do a comic that never did. But when it gets down to it, it's about rebuilding civilization. So that's the ultimate goal of the characters, or at least his ultimate goal as the writer. Right. Interesting, I thought. That is an interesting idea. A fan asked whether Kirkman would ever pass the torch on the Walking Dead to another writer. But Kirkman said that's not something he'd consider. It's my story, he said. It has a beginning, middle, and end. It's just a very long story. He does have an ending in mind, although its details change. I'll either write The Walking Dead until I decide to end it, or I will die tragically, and it will never end. (laughs) Again, interesting. He's kind of coming around to the idea and admitting that someday it has to end. Um, Certainly the TV show has to end, because TV shows don't go on forever. Yeah, unless you're The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, a little different. Or, or Coronation Street, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't that been going on since the 50s or something? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I guess that never ends, but in the modern time, TV shows typically end. <laughs> yes. And it's, again, I don't know that he's ever acknowledged that he has an ending in mind or is even thinking about wrapping it up someday. He's just teasing. He thinks so? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I gotta, it'll, it'll die out eventually, right? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's it's interesting. I, you know, I was a little down on the comic. I'm kind of okay with it again, but I do hope they do something to take it away from the unrelenting depression that it seems to have. Right. So, we'll see. Finally, uh, just in case anyone is interested, he offered an update on the status of Thief of Thieves that mm. AMC has optioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says it's currently at the script phase, and once the pilot script is finished, the network will read it and offer notes, and perhaps then um, they'll have a chance to shoot a pilot. Kirkman said writer Charles Chick Glee, who did work on The Walking Dead and The Shield, is doing an amazing job on the script. Awesome. So there you go. We he's, could have another Kirkman show on AMC before you know it. He's using all the words. Like what? All the words. All of them. <laughs> all of them. It's going to be a long script, but uh, that'd be... Uh, the real trick would be using all the words once and only once. And Each. never the letter E. <laughs> well, th- that's been done before. Yeah, I know. Or, or punctuation. Hard. Yeah, it would be difficult. That's a popular letter. Um, so it, I recommend reading um, Thief of Thieves. It's, it's a pretty good comic. I like it. And uh, issue number nine comes out on Wednesday this week, I think. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to this show on AMC. And who knows, maybe we'll have to do a Thief of Thieves podcast. Why not? Why not? Why don't we just do one for every AMC show? Sure. Talking Thieves. All right. Grant Morrison from MorrisonCon is a a comic book, a Scottish comic book writer, playwright, Mm -hmm. and occultist. Ooh, occultist. He's known for his nonlinear narratives. Okay. Countercultural learnings. Anyway. See, go to uh, maybe later. Go to MorrisonCon.com <laughs> and see how creepy this guy looks. Oh, he's the bald dude, right? Yeah, yeah, I've seen him before. Yeah, 
He's going to be at New York Comic Con, just so uh, everyone's aware. I think he's trying to hypnotize <laughs> me. <laughs> Is it working? No. Really? It makes me, I, he's just creeping me out. All right. Close the window. Yeah, done. Um, all righty. Before we move on, why don't we talk a little bit? That's it for the news, everybody. Thank you for paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for paying attention. Yes. <laughs> if I ever become a news anchor, that's going to be my sign-off. <laughs> thank you for paying it. Have a good night, and thank you for paying attention. <laughs> now, that, that's that's under the assumption that they are paying attention. Uh, I'm speaking to the people that were. Yeah. That's, I'm barely paying attention. It's clear. <laughs> Let's talk about the webisodes that were released today. Okay. They came out. They did. There's four of them. There is. It's called Cold Storage. True. We talked about them last week. Yep. We've now seen them. Yep. Give me your impressions. It was a hell of a lot better than the last one. Agreed. Yeah. The acting was uh, a whole lot better. I found it more compelling. I found it uh, much more, uh, better story, better plot, better acting, uh, better dialogue, better locations. I can't think of anything that wasn't better about them. I totally agree. I think all those things were better. Even the, the, the directing and like the, the framing of shots was better. It was yep. more interesting to watch. It seemed like there was less um, just sort of fluff unnecessarily. Yeah. Like it was all really, really good and interesting. One or two bad lines, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's. Oh, there were some silly things too. Yeah, of course. But overall, just a huge step up from last year's webisodes. Yeah. And they did the, uh, the standard thing where as soon as you start talking about cold storage, you got to talk about Playboys. Yeah, well, that's they what, mentioned porn like six times in the four webisodes. Apparently, that's what everyone stores in their storage. We're locker. not going to store it at home where your wife can find it. <laughs> I had a storage locker for a year. I never stored any porn. I in had there. storage locker for uh, many years. Uh, I did have porn in there, but I got rid of them. I hired uh, one eight hundred <laughs> got junk and I threw it all away. <laughs> Did and you? a bunch of other stuff. I didn't just hire them for throwing out the porn. Guys, I got a I got a ten by twelve stacked to the roof with porn. You gotta go get it. You gotta you go gotta take help it away. me. I can't cart it myself. What no, there was do? a couch and a couple of carpets and uh, a whole bunch of other crap that I didn't need. And then the box of porn went out too. <laughs> Excellent news. Yeah. Um, is that the one my drums were in? No, this was before. Okay, good. I don't want my drums anywhere near your porn. <laughs> they, they weren't. <laughs> or the couch that was in there, because who knows what was going on. <laughs> anyways. We're, um, we're digressing huge here. Oh, boy. All right, anyways, cold storage. Really, really good. If you haven't gone to see them yet, head over to AMC's website and watch them. They are um, they are very fascinating. The other thing I liked, and this was, again, an improvement on last year's webisodes, is that they, they threw in a scene that... Um, ties into the show in a very direct way, which they did not do in last year's um, last year's webisodes. Well, they kind of did. I mean, it was tied in, right? Well, it, last year was the origin story for Bicycle Girl. Sort of. Sort of. It's just like all this stuff happened, and oh, and by the way, she's Bicycle Girl. Exactly. It, it didn't tie together with the, the show very well, yeah. I thought. It seemed completely separate. And because it wasn't as good... It didn't feel like it even related to it in a lot of ways. It yeah. just looked cheaper. It didn't look like the same universe. This one, I don't know if the budget was bigger, but it must have been because it really felt like the same show. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they threw in something that I thought kind of worked nicely. It was a nice touch. It was for, a nice touch. For, you know, tying it together with our character, our main storyline characters. I really liked the opening scene when they were on the rooftop of a building and you could see... Uh, you know, Atlanta in the background with uh, smoke coming out of other buildings. I thought yep. that was really nice. It was, it really was nicely done. It was really good. The, the, the effects budget was clearly bigger. 
Um, I can't remember. I can't really say if there were more zombies in this one, but there were lots. There was at least 12. There was at least 12. There was some good uh, killing. There was. Um, they, right at the end, they kind of, um, I don't want to say cheaped out, but they sort of, you know, cut around something. They Something happened that they didn't show us. Right. Which I would have liked to have seen, to oh, be quite that, honest with that you. Probably, I, you know, it kind of bothered me at first, but then... Uh, they kind of wrapped it up at the end, and it made sense. I think it was an artistic choice and not yeah. a, uh, that didn't work out. We better cut it out. It made sense, totally. It confused me momentarily because I'm like, what What just happened there? But then it, it does wrap together in the end. I just, I don't know. Just I would have liked to have seen it because it could have been really awesome. Yeah, it could have been. <laughs> But, but I thought it was led up to really nicely, and it was kind of obvious what was going to happen to me, in my mind anyway. It's like, well, it's got to happen. Oh, me too. It and, was completely obvious what was going to happen. And then they showed it afterwards. I'm like, well, I guess it did happen. And then they you know, gave us something at the end for uh, to show us that it did happen. Yeah, a good stinger at the end there. and uh, It was an artistic choice, and it's fine. Okay, I'll, I'll take your word for it. It's better than uh, No Country for Old Men where that happened. Oh, like the key scene in the movie was not... On camera, yeah, basically. I thought that was a little jarring, but I forgave it more here because uh, there, I, I don't know why the Wachowski brothers didn't. I I don't know. It was an artistic choice there too. That movie was still really good. Though. It was a good movie. I just I thought that was uh, that was a point against it. In it's my mind. it's interesting that you bring that up. Not that these two are in any way related, but it's interesting to think that in both of these, a key scene I would consider in in the in the webisodes, it's a key scene. Yeah is cut out, not shown, um, but it doesn't take away anything from the the narrative or the enjoyment of what you're watching. Yeah. Maybe the key scene would have taken away from it. Interesting. Interesting. There wouldn't have been that reveal at the end. Yeah. You know? So head over to AMC's site, check out these uh And find out what the hell we're talking about. And find out what we're talking about. Exactly. We didn't want to spoil these. I don't know why. No. Just because. So we just kind of talked in generalities and confused people that didn't see it. Well, they've only been out for a day, less than a day. They came out today. If, it's, if it was a week later already, I wouldn't, you know, we might get into more detail, but a lot of people might not have seen them yet. That's right. Well, this podcast so, is not out yet. No, <laughs> that's very true, but it'll be out in like three hours, so <laughs> right. don't worry. Um, in, you know, in three hours from now, it's still only been out for a day, so. Right. Anyhow, go watch them. It's cool. It's way better than last year's. There's only there's four. I think there were six last year. Yeah, there's too. too many last year. There were four, <laughs> and uh, there are four. And the last one's almost ten minutes long, so I think they're a little bit longer too. So, very cool stuff. We are going to take a quick break to thank our sponsor for this episode. When we come back, we've got some uh, listener feedback. So stick around and uh, don't go anywhere for that. We have to do it. For you, the listeners of The Talking Dead, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. They have 100,000 titles to choose from, 
and Jason's going to recommend recommend one for us right now. 1980 science fiction novel, The Ringworld Engineers. 1980. 1980. All right. What's, well, it wasn't uh, read in 1980, but it was written in 1980. <laughs> they were ahead of their time. They were reading <laughs> audiobooks back then. Yeah. So, The Ringworld Engineers by Larry Niven. Now, this is. Uh, I think I recommended The Ringworld. I believe you have, and which I read when I was in high school. A long time ago and really liked it, but I never read this one, the second book, The Ringworld Engineers, where they go back to the Ringworld and uh, try and find something. <laughs> it's really kind of odd. But, uh, you know, actually, I'm really enjoying this book. So it's uh, Ringworld Engineers, uh, the Ringworld series, book two. There's a bunch of them. Uh, written by Larry Niven, narrated by Paul Michael Garcia. It uh, comes in, what is it, 13 hours and 14 minutes. And, and you know, some of the some of the best sci-fi is the stuff that's a little bit odd. It is. You know, that's that's the nature of it. So Yeah. Cool. Uh, Ringworld the Engineers. Uh, the Ringworld Engineers. All right. I'll get that the in the right place. Yeah. The Ringworld the Engineers. <laughs> the. <laughs> the and. If you want to download this book or any other book from Audible, as I said, there's 100,000 titles over there. Fiction, nonfiction, biographies anything you can imagine periodicals periodicals they have uh they have books performed by celebrities i know david hyde pierce has done one yep um i think i saw claire danes on there the other day has read diamond up church we talked about him blue diamond phillips up church (laughs) that is all kinds of good stuff so if you want to download one of these for free go over to audibletrial.com slash talking dead that's audibletrial.com slash talking dead for your free audio book Listener feedback. Okay, it's time for some listener feedback. Toby from New Zealand wrote an email in about child actors because we were talking about child actors last week, I think. And he said, Have you given much thought to the messed up world that the actor for Carl, Chandler Riggs, must be experiencing? I wonder if he has dreams of zombies chasing him at night. All this death and monsters, it's not your usual childhood. When I met Chandler, yep. briefly, in New York last year, he seemed like a really down-to-earth, well-rounded little guy. Yeah. And I don't think the horrors of the zombie TV show are affecting him all that much. No, he knows it's play acting. I guess he knows that. He, he probably eats lunch with the zombies once in a while. Yeah, I mean, that helps a lot. And that, that, that's important to, to do for child actors as well, is if they're in an uncomfortable situation on screen, uh, make it comfortable off screen mm-hmm. kind of thing. And you know what? With child actors, it's it's got to come down to the parents to a certain extent. Like, par- I, I I mean, I think parents are responsible for their their kids that are underage that are acting into a certain degree. Well, right? yeah. Well, I mean, parents are responsible for their kids all the time. Well, I know. I just, but they also get control of the money too. So they get control of the money. They get control of what their kid does and does not do to a certain extent, right? So I'm going to say Chandler probably has great parents who are watching out for him and uh, help him through this if he ever has any issues. Yeah, and along with all, along with all the other cast and crew that sure. are around him as well. I'm sure he has a huge support system in this. 
Yeah, no, exactly. I, I agree with you. I don't think he's having nightmares about zombies chasing him. His on-screen Well, parents, maybe he does. I mean, everybody has nightmares about something chasing him. Yeah, when I was a kid, it was witches, and I didn't work on a witch TV show. It was just witches. You know what would happen? The witches would chase me up, um, up, a, up a hill, basically, to the yep. top, and it would be through the forest, and you come out on the top of the hill, and it's a bit of a clearing, and there's a cliff there, yep. and I would get to the edge of the cliff, and the witches would be coming, and then I'd wake up. Yep. And I, this, I had this recurring dream a fair number of times as a kid, and I haven't had it as an adult. I don't think I've ever had a being chased dream. Mm. I've had a I can't seem to do what I need to do dream. So you've had incompetence dreams. <laughs> yes. Well, the anxiety dreams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, but I don't think I've ever had a dream where anybody was chasing me. I've had dreams where elevators have fell. Really? And, yeah. You were in them? Jump on off a cliff. and all. Yeah, I have a recurring dream about falling in elevators. Interesting. I don't like elevators. Yeah. I, I, elevators don't bother me, but witches do a little bit. Um, and, uh, <laughs> like real witches or just, you know, like Wiccan? People who uh, practice Wiccan? Uh, Wicca? I, I don't know if I've ever met one in real life. Oh, I have. Nicest bunch of people you've ever seen. Really? Meet. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, I'll take your word for it. <clears throat> They're not going to chase me up off a hill, off a cliff. So No, they wouldn't do that. See? That'd be unnatural, and, Wic- and uh, Wicca is all about nature. Well, that's good. So being out in nature was sort of accurate to my dream? Yeah. To I mean, a certain extent. The cliff, fine. Being chased off a cliff, not fine. I never, I, I don't recall now if I ever actually went off the cliff and then woke up before I hit the ground or if I woke up before I went off the cliff. I'm not sure anymore. I don't know. Either way, you though. probably didn't go off the cliff. No? That's a very traumatic thing to have in a dream in your... Yeah, but you're in falling elevators. I never hit. I never uh, hit that's the ground. What I, that's what I'm saying. I yeah. never, if I did fall off, I never hit the ground. No. Is it true that if you fall off a cliff in your dream and hit the ground, you die in real life? No, that's a Nightmare on Elm Street story horror movie. So that does, doesn't happen in real life. If you hit the ground, I don't know anybody who's ever died in a dream. Okay, do you do you wake up? Do you like hit the ground, stand up, and continue your dream? Like what happens? I really have no idea. I don't know either. Um, but we, we got we need some feedback on this. I think we do. If anyone's ever fallen off a cliff in their dreams and actually hit the ground, I'd like to know what happens. Anything that's happened in a dream that would have normally killed you in real life if it happened, let us know. That would be a little freaky. I'm not sure I want to know that. All right. Don't let me know. <laughs> let Jason. Don't know. tell Chris. <laughs> All right. Facebook. Uh, Adam wrote on our Facebook page. We were talking last week about sort of what constitutes um not really what constitutes, but what you win the uh, the uh, prosthetic Emmys for. And we were sort right, of wondering right, right, about, right. you know, why they won for What Lies Ahead instead of, say, for Well Zombie, for example. Where does prosthetic end and guy in a suit begin? Man in suit begins. Yeah. So Adam writes, regarding Emmy nods, I would say What Lies Ahead merits greater attention than Well Zombie for the Emmy because of the sheer volume of prosthetics that had to be done on dozens and dozens of zombies, which com- com- comprised the first herd. We see an amazing variety of zombies as well as states of decay. We also see a great sequence of Andrea and Rick nixing zombies. The well zombie, while shocking and well executed, pun, <laughs> uh, has only quality. It has only quality weighing in um, uh, weighing in its favor. The herd had quantity and quality. Just my two cents or three cents Canadian. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. We're over parody right now. Still aren't funny. We? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, so. Quality and quantity trumps just quality. True. And I can see that. Yeah. True. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. One times 50 billion is less than five times 50 billion. Also true. <laughs> the 50 billion being the quality and the five times being quantity, not the other way around. <laughs> Got it. 
Wayne from North Carolina wrote in about choice in video games. And he wrote a long email, so I took this excerpt, which is already pretty long, but it's, it's really good, so I'm going to read it. He says, The way I usually play these games is to make decisions how I would make them if I were there instead of the main character. Rarely do I get into a position where I go, Hey, I don't like how that turned out. I'm going to load a save and pick a different choice. That just wouldn't be true to my story. There were times in Mass Effect that were heartbreakingly tough to deal with because I was so invested in the world. The fact that it's hard to deal with makes light of how compelling this world is the game designers have created. I've often felt that the story in Mass Effect was co-written by myself and Bioware. The same can be said for The Walking Dead game. I've played it just like I play any other game like it, and not looking back has made for quite an epic experience. The only true peeking behind the curtain I do is after I've finished the episode, I talk with a close friend of mine and we compare outcomes. It's really interesting to hear something, uh, someone else's experience with it. I never go back and play the same thing over again just for the sake of seeing what could have been. It's my story and I own it without regret. So I think Wayne very eloquently put sort of what we were talking about last week in Absolutely. that... Uh, you know, some people go back and play and replay and try different outcomes and scenarios. Like that's, you. That's me. Yep. Other people just take it for what it is, play through, and create the story for themselves and don't worry about what else happens. And right. uh, and the third option is always choose B, like I play. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> always choose B. That is a way of doing the same thing that Wayne yeah, was well, doing. Yeah, well, I don't go back, but taking... I don't have any emotional investment nor, uh, you know, a moral decision to make. You, you, you. I just, oh, B. You took your brain out of the equation. That's You're right. Just like B. I'm gonna watch time. this movie. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while, I gotta press this button. I gotta press a button now and then. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'll be honest. I, I wish I could do it a little bit more like Wayne does here and just go through once and enjoy what it is. But I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe I'm a control freak or something, and I have to, you know, realize every outcome. I'm not sure. I have to freakily control the controller. That's what I got to do. So thank you, Wayne. That was uh, that was really, really, really awesome. Yeah. Danielle from California writes, uh, he called in with this call. Hey, Chris and Jason. This is Danielle. I'm calling it from California. Just noticed another thing in the way things are pronounced. Uh, there in Canada as opposed to here down in the U.S. And so when you guys refer to the group of Vatos here in California where we have a lot of Spanish-speaking people, we actually say it in the uh, how the Spanish would say it. So it's Vatos, not Vatos. I thought that was pretty funny. And uh, if you like it, post it. Thanks. Bye. Well, thank you, <clears throat> Danielle. So here's the deal. Um I don't really think Vatos is a uh, Canadian pronunciation. I think it's just an ignorant, doofus pronunciation that I probably used. Because I've heard Vatos many times, yep. and I wouldn't be surprised if I interchanged those two from you know uh, here on. Don't you think? Well, I, I'm trying to remember how I, how I said it. Vatos? 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 <laughs> Phobos. <laughs> no, that's Vatos. not. That's so not it's Vatos. It's Vatos. 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 So maybe it is a Canadian thing. Jason doesn't know. <laughs> um, a lot of people comment on our accents, comment on the way we say things. I, I never really, you know, getting into this, it never occurred to me that, you know, being Canadian, doing a podcast, having a, people from all over the world listen, mostly American, 
that it would be such a big thing. In some ways, I'm glad that it is because I think it's interesting. It and is. I do find, you know, I do derive some pleasure out of, you know, realizing the differences in people, mm-hmm. <laughs> for lack of a better way to put that. But, um, yeah, I don't think our pronunciation of that is really a Canadian thing. I think it's just a, a thing. A thing? Yeah. I think it was just me probably saying it wrong. All right, we'll try and um, we'll try and say Vatos. Not Vatos. that it's going to come up a whole lot anymore. No, I doubt it. Because they're all dead. They are all dead. Dead. <laughs> Dude. There you go. Um, thank you, Danielle. Dana from the internet writes in about the governor's daughter, Penny. And again, we talked about this last week. There's some spoilers here, so I need to warn people about spoilers once again. These are spoilers for the... Um, for the novel, Rise of the Governor, and the comic book, and who knows, maybe the TV show coming up. Everything's spoiled. Right. So uh, Dana writes, Hey guys, love the podcast, even purchased the Sloan song. Before I continue, that is a reference to our opening theme music. Mm-hmm. It is a song by a band called Sloan. Canadian from, band. A Canadian band from their album Money... Uh, Navy Blues, the song is called Money City Maniacs. Right. If anyone is interested. It's a good song. It's a good tune, yeah. Sloan is a, is a pretty cool band who've been around for a long time, so go check them out. Um, uh, Dana continues, I have been bugging about comments on Penny being the governor's daughter. I have read Rise of the Governor and was certain it was his niece. Am I wrong, on, am I wrong or what? October 14th is going to be like Christmas around here. Everyone is excited. Was very amused by Pickle Talk. And we'll even try it because I drive a truck and sometimes my legs cramp up. Hey, so <laughs> let us know how that works. Yeah, let us know how that goes. I, I do want to know. But regarding Penny. Yeah. Okay, so here's the real spoilers, okay? And I'm not kidding. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. Yes. Spoiler, spoiler. In the comic for The Walking Dead, obviously, Penny is presented as the governor's daughter. Right. It may not ever be spelled out in so many words, but that is the assumption you take away from the comic. If you read Rise of the Governor, the book from last year, you know that Penny is actually the governor's niece because the governor isn't really Penny's father. It's his brother. (laughs) Yeah, but he is... No, sorry, go ahead. Yes. He, He assumes the persona of his brother. Yes. Um but the girl is actually his niece. So Penny's kind of both, depending on how far you've gotten into the universe of The Walking Dead. And depends on his commitment to the lie, right? I if guess. He's, if he's told everybody in Woodbury that he, uh, you know, that he's, what's his eyebrows? And that's his... Philip Blake. Philip Blake, and that's his daughter. That's it. That's the story. He's got to live with that story. He's got to make that lie true, mm-hmm. right? So he presents it to everybody, including us in the as comic book readers, as his daughter. Yep. Or if he has not just adopted this persona, but has believes that he is uh, the governor and that he is his daughter, then he's bought into the lie now as well, which is entirely possible. That's true. Biologically, though, it's his niece. Yes. Um, and technically, it's his niece, but it, uh, you know, it's presented to everybody, including us, the reader, as his daughter. And you know what? We'll probably find out more in The Road to Woodbury coming out in a couple of weeks. Right. Because she might be on that road. She might be. To Woodbury. Maybe that's why it's so important. That's right. Uh, so thank you, Dana. One more call. This is from Mark in Georgia. 
and I'm just going to play it. Hi, this is Mark from Dublin, Georgia. I just finished your last podcast, and I just wanted to say that I also dare you to drink a, a jar of leftover pickle juice on the air. Go for it. Have a good time. Let me know how it goes. Okay. I've got a jar of pickle juice right here. He's lying. And I'm going to drink it. He's lying. I'm not lying. This is pickle juice. It's Coke. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been more fun if I just drank it and then... I can't knowingly... You could have reported on con- what happened to Condone me. a lie. <laughs> Perpetrated on the internet. All right. Um, I'm, I'm not going to drink a whole jar of pickle juice. Do you uh, have pickles? Yes. Okay. Upstairs right. right now. Have you eaten all the pickles in the pickle jar? I don't know. There might be one that's almost empty. But I'm not going to chug a jar of pickle juice. What if we did a shot each? Okay. All right. Not right now. Like before you go tonight? No, like next time on the air or something. Okay. Next podcast. We'll do that. Next podcast, we'll pour a shot of pickle juice each yep. and and drink it. Okay. Now, is this going to be like, how old is this pickle juice? Well, it doesn't matter. Pickle juice is pickled oh they're so pickled so they're preserved it's preserved exactly it's, it's like and then we'll do a shot of jam because <laughs> that's a preserve as well <laughs> yeah if you're worried about throwing up uh, <laughs> a shot of jam on toast to be honest with you i love jam so much i could just eat it with a spoon um it's a lot little, of a lot of sugar sweet though. for me no i like it man i don't know if um i don't know if peanut peanut butter and jam is a thing pretty much everywhere in north america right pb and j yeah they don't eat it in europe it's weird over there but what do you mean they don't eat it uh, they don't eat a lot of peanut butter in East. Well, my I have family in Eastern Europe. They don't eat much peanut butter over there, and right. they certainly don't eat it with jam on bread. Because that'd be crazy. It would be crazy. Yeah. When we had some relatives staying with us for a while, they were like, "Peanut butter? What the hell are you talking about? Peanut butter and jam?" They also don't get pizza delivered to their house. So when the first night they got here and we ordered a pizza, they were like all excited to watch the pizza guy come up and watch me pay him and then take the pizza. <laughs> it was funny. What? How did they get pizza? They go out and pick it up. That's or they go out and sit in the restaurant and eat it. That's dumb. Now, pizza is be starting to become a thing over there. I mean, not a thing. It's like they do have pizza delivery now. But like, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it was... Okay, so... At least where I'm, my family's from, it was sort of unheard of. So what you're saying is we have to move to Eastern Europe and open up a delivery pizza joint. <laughs> and we'd make a million dollars. Maybe. But they're also... Well... The the ones the people I know there are also a stubborn bunch, and they don't like change. So they might not order pizza delivery because it's different and it's frightening. Okay, so we'll kill two birds with one stone. We'll move over there. We'll op- open up a delivery pizza place, and when they order the pizza, we'll bring it to them. They'll give us money, and then we'll give them change. <laughs> Har. Har. <laughs> Zing. There you go. Um all right. What were we doing? Pickle juice. <laughs> pickle next juice. podcast. If the next podcast... Pickle juice and pizza. The next podcast we record at this desk, because the next one may be in a remote location in New York. Right. The next one we record at this desk... We're not going to have pickle juice in New York. No, we're not. We're not going to be able to find it. No. Unless we buy a jar of pickles and eat all the pickles first and then drink the pickle juice, that's going to make for a hell of an evening. Do you want to do that? I do not want to do that. So let's do it. <laughs> next time we record here, which could be in a few weeks... Yep. Um, we'll do the shot of pickle juice All right. on the air. We'll see how that goes. Okay. We promise. Okay. So everyone listen to that. Gotcha. And that is going to end this episode of The Talking Dead. If you want to give us a call, I highly recommend it. one 483 zomb That's 9662. Um, drink some pickle juice. Let us know how it goes. Yeah. Call us in. I would love to hear that. Yes, yes, yes. 
On Twitter, we are at Talking Dead or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. That's where you want to go to enter our How to Kill a Zombie contest. Two more weeks to do that to win your fancy prize or the opportunity to win a fancy prize. Um, you can also send any questions, correspondence, or feedback to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. That is our email address. It is. It sure is. Oh, wow. And uh, like I said, if you see us in New York, say hi. We'll be wearing the Talking Dead shirts. We're uh, going to be walking around Comic-Con for three full days there. And me on the fourth day, too, because that's the kind of guy I am. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll, be, uh, we'll see you in New York. We probably won't be recording next week. Um, until then, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.